0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs is in his 41st year as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour, the best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life, it happens in sports, and I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word, playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. I wanted to tell you what a great service you provide to this community. I listen to your show every week. Thank you for what you do for our community, for all the parents, coaches, and athletes. And now, Here's your host, rated one of the best therapists in Kansas City, Missouri, by OnlineTherapy.com, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show here the Sports Psychology Hour on our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week, and we explore the mental side of sports on this show. I look forward to doing the show each week and talking with you, taking your calls and getting discussions about mindsets and attitudes, focus, concentration. Oh, yeah, that that word confidence, you know, confidence, what does that mean? What does it mean, and how do we deal with it? I'm excited to do the show today, and a uh, couple personal notes. Number one, I just began this week my 42nd year of work as a sports psychologist. Um, pretty hard to believe I've been doing it that long, but nonetheless, day after Labor Day was beginning my 42nd year, and uh, I'm going to. Mention that in a few moments, a couple things about that. But also, personally, I'm very excited this weekend because my high school, Shawnee Mission North, is celebrating its 100 year anniversary and my class was the 50th graduating class. So it's our 50 year high school reunion this weekend, which blows my mind that it's been 50 years ago I graduated high school. And we've been having a fun weekend, had several events going on. Tonight is our actual reunion for our class and uh seen a lot of people I haven't seen in years and it's really exciting to see lots of, of, of people you knew so well years and years ago and and lots of friends that I've stayed in touch with are here and it's just it's just it's you know it, it's it's exciting to be around people that you knew growing up who you haven't seen you hear about their life stories what's happened to them Lots of people have had lots of really tra- tragic things happen. A lot of people have had some great things happen. And I'm excited to, to be at our actual reunion tonight and, and catch up. We've got well over 200 people. Our graduating class was between six and 700 people. And apparently over you know, 200, 300 people are showing up. So it'll be a lot of fun. Anyway, um, you know, I've been doing this show 31 years. Sports psychology. Well, I've been on the radio 31 years, a sports psychology show for 21 years. And being that this week began my 42nd year of work, it's been interesting. You know, the U.S. Open is going on. The finals or the women's final just happened. The men's final is about to happen. And there's been a lot of talk about the tennis players using sports psychologists and how much they've helped them. And it's it just made me reflect back on my career because when I started 40, 40, One years ago, I remember interviewing in the Kansas City area at the the four colleges, William Jewell, Avila, Rockhurst, and UMKC. Nobody wanted to hire me, even, even for free, because they didn't believe in it. And one of the athletic directors told me, quote, I do not believe in hocus pocus and witchcraft. And he put his cape on and then walked away from our meeting in the basketball arena. Throughout my career, I've dealt with a lot of people who have believed in sports psychology and a lot of people who say it's a bunch of BS. Champion coaches have not believed in it. Lots of great coaches I've met have. One of the things I've found throughout my career, and I was talking with someone the other night at the uh, high school football game the first night of our reunion about you know, they were talking to me about my career. They've listened to the show at times. They've been on my website and said, wow, I can't believe all the things you've done. And I said, well, you know, I, I appreciate that. But the biggest thing is, is overcoming negativity and failure, overcoming that, that negative vibe that you get from people. I've had to deal with that a lot in this career because, you know, I've talked on this show about mental health forever. And people have called up and told me, you know, what I'm full of, "Oh, come on, you're just making stuff up." Athletes are people. Coaches are people. Yeah, they're they gonna be bigger and stronger and faster and, and 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 more physically developed in some ways, but they have the same issues we have as as a human being they, because they are human beings. They've got confidence problems. They have focusing problems. They they have relationship problems. You know the there was a study out several years ago that three of the major sports, baseball, basketball, and football had close to a 75 to 85% divorce rate after three years of retirement. There are all kinds of issues that go on with athletes and coaches. they are people they've got to deal with, all kinds of things. And today in our society, more than ever, it's criticism from everybody because of social media. You know, I work with lots of professional athletes who I discuss the, the role social media plays in their lives from my perspective. I mean, it's part of who we are now. But what I tell professional athletes, don't get on it when you're playing. Get off it during the season. And the reason for that is this. If you do great, then everybody starts telling you how great you are. And if you screw up, everyone tells you what a terrible person you are and how you choked and you're negative and you suck and all this stuff. And the fact is they don't know who you are as a person. You've got feelings, you've got emotions. Yeah, people athletes are supposed to be tough, okay? Well, you know what? They're still people. You know, the Royals have a pitcher who throws up on the on the pitching mound. For God's sakes. The guy the guy gets, gets so anxious and nervous. He talked talked about this. There's a game he threw up 3 times. That's anxiety. That's pressure. And in some ways, it's 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 internal panic. It's stress. It's fear. And that's what I want to get into today because, you know, the NFL is starting. You know, we had the opening game with the Bills beating the Rams the other day, but the, all the other rest of the teams are playing today. Everyone's excited about the Chiefs here in Kansas City getting going. Why? Well, most people, there are people that aren't. But let's face it, busy most, If you're an NFL fan, you're, you're pumped up about your team right now. And what's going to happen at the end of today? Well, when the games are over, there will be interviews, and there will be comments by the players and coaches, and then, of course, there will be all these people giving their opinions on how good or how bad the teams are or why they did play well or didn't play well. But in the end, it's going to come down to the athletes individually and collectively as a team with the coaching staff to look at themselves and ask themselves, what do I have to do, what do I have to do to succeed? And if I didn't, why didn't I? Well, self-confidence, we've talked about on this show dozens and dozens of times, to me is the foundation of everything. I talk about preparation, focus, attitude, and confidence as the keys to success. Everything starts with preparation, how you get ready mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, nutritionally. What do you do to prepare for your athletic event? With your training, with your, your, your motivation, and mentally, as you get closer to the game, where is your mindset at? What type of mindset do you take in your competition? Focus is about what you're concentrating on. Where's your, what are you concentrating on? And what are the distractions internally in your thoughts and externally around you that get in the way? There are three kinds of attitude, positive, negative, and realistic, what I always say. I mean, positive is I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. Negative is I suck, I'm terrible, I'm not any good. And realistic is today's gonna be really hard, I've been training well, it's a tough competition, we'll see what happens. And then the foundation is that confidence issue topic Word, however you want to look at it, confidence is the ability to believe in yourself. And what is that about? Where does it come from? One of the things that I have I have experienced throughout my work with so many athletes, I mean, I've worked with Hall of Famers, Olympic champions, college champions, high school champions. I've worked with so many different people, male and female, all levels, is in the end, the athletes who have that confidence level have been able to overcome negativity, they've dealt with their fears, their distractions, and they have a game plan for it. I'm working with a number of, of young athletes, high school and college athletes right now, who have this issue with self-confidence. And one of the things that seems to be consistent across the board is when they've got a confidence problem, for almost everybody, and this isn't just now. This is throughout my whole career, I've noticed it, it. It's not that they're not capable, and it's not that they're not good enough. It's that somewhere along the way, somebody who had an impact in their lives told them how terrible they were, and just excuse my language, said they sucked. You're terrible. You're not any good. You're a choker. Why are you afraid? Why can't you do well? And oftentimes. It comes from a coach, a teammate or a parent, but usually it's a coach who will get angry at them when they make a mistake. And they'll criticize them or they'll jump on them about it. I've shared this story many times on the show throughout the years. Years ago, my son Gregory was either 11 or 12 playing rec uh, rec baseball. And we were the team waiting to play the next game. The team playing in front of us was from our neighborhood, so a lot of the kids on our team knew those kids. So one of the boys on that team got to second base, tries to steal third at the the encouragement of the third base coach. He tripped and fell flat in his face. Just three steps, boom, did a face plant. Well, we're sitting five feet behind the dugout, right behind the fence. The coach of that team, who's a very prominent attorney with his name on his law firm, name on the building, turns around, kicks the fence, throws his hat on the ground. The bats and the helmets fall off the bat rack. He's kicking dirt. And so the young man gets up, comes in the dugout. He grabs him by his neck, throws him against the fence, about a foot off the ground, screaming at him. At which point I said something to him, which he threw an F-bomb at me. It said, get the F out of here. You've done your effing business. Well, at which point, then the first base coach comes in, grabs him, and says, What are you doing? This young man then falls to the ground crying. His dad, the young man's dad who I knew, great guy, is over talking to some people because he, he doesn't really care about the games. He's just there to enjoy things. He comes, he's an, also an attorney, by the way. He then comes over, takes his son. I report this coach to the league, and then eventually he was suspended. He should have been banned forever coaching ever touching a kid again. All right, the reason I'm saying this is because that, that young man was either 11 or 12. When he was a sophomore in high school, his dad called me and said, Andy, do you remember that incident? And I go, yeah, of course I do. I should have brought him in years ago. Can I bring him in to see you? His confidence is shot. So this young man comes in, and he's a, he's a sophomore in high school. He's about 6'2", strapping young man, very athletic, good, good-looking young man. Tells me, Dr. Jacobs, I've had no confidence since that day. I'm scared to death. I'm scared to death to screw up because I don't want a coach to yell and scream at me. All right, well, we worked through that. He got through it, and he, he's, he's fine. He's fine now. He was fine after a while. But that is, that's is—that's what happens when you've got a young child playing a sport, And they screw up, and a coach who lets their ego get in the way, because it's all about winning, and then yells at these kids, and then the confidence is shot. I've had pro athletes. I've had Olympic athletes. Olympic champions, actually, gold medalists, who have told me the same thing. They're scared to mess up because they don't want their coach yelling and screaming at them. And their confidence is shaky. So I want to explore this today because it comes down to panic and fear. Panic and fear of failing, screwing up, making a mistake. But guess what? You're going to. It's going to happen. Babe Ruth struck out 1,330 times, hit 714 home runs, struck out almost twice as many times he could as as he, he had home runs. You know, here in Kansas City, we've got the greatest baseball player in George Brett. His career batting average is over 300. It means seven times out of ten, he didn't get a hit. But maybe those seven times he hit the ball hard, five or six. Quality at bats. One of the reasons George Brett, and I got to know him in 1990 when he won his third batting title, was such a great player, was he could handle that stuff. He, he understood what it was about. My former coach Nick Lowry, who kicked for 17 years in the NFL, he was cut 11 times by 8 teams before the Chiefs signed him in 1980 and they cut Jan Stenner who's the Hall of Fame kicker Nick should be in the Hall of Fame himself because when he retired in 1996 he kicked more field goals than anybody in football history It was the most accurate kicker in football history but because the Chiefs never won a championship he'll never get in the Hall of Fame but he should be but he didn't make all his kicks he was cut 11 times by 8 teams before the Chiefs signed him he had to deal with that But one of the reasons he was able to survive and get through it was because he learned how to handle that. How you handle that negativity, that fear, that panic is going to correlate with where your self-confidence is. We're going to go to our first commercial break here in a moment. But I'd love to hear from you. I'd like to get some calls in here. Our phone number is 913 3810 Do you agree with me or disagree with what I'm saying today about how confidence can be built or destroyed. If you're a coach, what do you say to your team or to your athletes when they mess up or screw up or make a mistake? Have you ever gotten angry at the kids you're coaching because they dropped a pass or struck out or missed a shot? And what do they do when, when you do that? If you're an athlete... And you've had a coach who got upset at you for screwing up. How did that affect your confidence? Have you had a coach who, when you screwed up, didn't get angry at you? They sat there and reinforced you. Reinforced how they believe in you. You keep working at it. You're going to get better. All right, our phone number is 913 3810 I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WH.